So here's today's transformational truth. The quickest way to lose yourself is to compare yourself. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. So here's today's transformational truth. The quickest way to lose yourself is to compare yourself. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the con of comparison. Okay, because in the context of emotional health, there might not be anything, uh, any other element in our culture, in our lives, that will drain our joy tank like the con of comparison and listen, I've got to be honest with you. I don't think the temptation to compare has ever been greater than it is right now. I mean, my goodness, we live in this world of TikToks and Instagram stories where uh, we're exposed to these well-rehearsed, custom-tailored, eye-catching situations, right? Um, I mean, as you're scrolling, you're seeing these smiling couples and romantic moments, uh, laughing people, happy children. You know, these, these beautiful displays of, quote-unquote, the perfect life. And as we're scrolling without even realizing it, we can begin sinking in the quicksand of comparison. It might not even be consciously, it's subconscious most of the time. And so here's what we start to do. We start to measure our real life and our real ministry and our real relationships against somebody else's social media life and ministry and relationships. Because here's the deal, what the camera doesn't show you is that the people that you ultimately compare yourself against or the ministries or the businesses or the entrepreneurs that you're comparing yourself against, they, they, they have wounds just like you. Uh, they have bad days just like you. They have frustrations just like you. I mean, the camera rarely ever shows you the 50 other pictures from the six different angles that they had to take to grab the most impressive image. It, it never shows you the argument that that romantic couple had right before they posted their video on Instagram because of how much time he was spending on his phone editing the video rather than paying attention to her. Uh, and, and let me be clear here, folks. We've all got insecurities. We've all got fears. But if we don't understand the finished work of Christ on the cross will constantly be tempted to pull those feelings of affirmation and acceptance from everyone else around us by pretending to have the same pretend life they do. <laughs> and listen, the, the temptation to compare, all right, typically comes from our desire for value. Every human being, I, I don't care if... You, if you have your faith in Christ or you haven't placed your faith in Christ yet, I don't care if you're leading a for-profit or a non-profit. I don't care if you're pastoring a church or you're on staff. I don't Whether you're a volunteer or you're getting paid, it doesn't matter. Every human being on the planet longs 
to have a sense of value, longs to believe that they are accepted, longs to believe that they are fundamentally acceptable. And if you haven't placed your faith or your identity in Christ, you'll be chronically tempted to attach your value to some inferior means that will only rob you of your joy. Right? We'll be tempted to uh, attach our identity to our salary or our image, uh, our social media clout. We'll be tempted to place our identity in our ministry, uh, our identity in our quote-unquote ministry numbers on Sunday. Um, place your identity in your accolades or your titles or your education. The, the, the list is endless. And here's the problem. Whenever you look to something other than Jesus to give you a sense of value, it will eventually rob you of your sense of value. Okay, let me say that again. Whenever you look to something other than Jesus to give you a sense of value, it will eventually rob you of your sense of value. It will take from you what you long for the most. Okay, but here's the good news. The gospel is that we're fully known and fully loved by God. Not because of what you have achieved or acquired, but because of your faith and what Christ has accomplished on the cross. And nothing frees you up to live or lead like this truth. You're fully known by God. You're fully loved by God. Not because of your achievements, not because of your accomplishments, but because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross and your faith in that. And when you discover this reality for yourself, you can reclaim your authentic identity in Christ and be exactly who God created you to be rather than always trying to be someone you're not to get something you already have in Christ. Okay, that means we can take off the masks that we wear because we've been told that if we wear this mask, uh, that it will attract value because what we have in Christ at some point along the line, we become convinced is not enough, even though Christ has determined that in Him you are enough. Here's what that means. You can stop comparing. You can stop comparing your progress to the progress of the people around you. Now, I could, I could turn off my laptop right now. We could hang this up. I could stop the podcast. And for some of you, that's what you needed to hear the most this morning. That's all you needed to hear. Because your joy and your peace keep disappearing for this one reason. You keep succumbing to the temptation to compare your progress with the progress of the people around you. Can I tell somebody listening that you need to hear this? You are not behind. This is one of the greatest deceptions of the enemy. One of the greatest lies of our culture. Grind culture keeps telling you, you're behind, do more. You're behind, do more. Let me tell you something. Uh, I, I'm on Instagram. It is amazing to me how many times I see a post that tells you, here's all the things you need to be doing every day. You've got to get up at 3 a.m. every morning. And by the time you get to 6 a.m., you should have read uh, two audiobooks. You should have listened to one TED Talk. You should have uh, listened to uh, a podcast, uh, Triple Speed. And and then you, you when you get off, you go to the gym for an hour. And then when you get done with the gym for an hour, you need to uh, call 20 contacts. And then after you're 20, I mean, it's cra they, they They display this crazy breakneck speed pace. And if you're not doing this, you're not doing anything, and it's crazy, and it's hectic, and you're ready for this. It's not biblical. <laughs> Listen to me. Jesus in the Bible is never hurried, and he's never in a hurry. And, and I'm not talking, I don't care what time you get up in the morning, and, and whatever your discipline or your routine is great, fantastic. But make sure you've adopted something that sustains the peace and the joy in your life, okay? 
and you can stop comparing your progress with the progress of those around you, you are not behind. Live at the pace of grace, okay? When you place your identity and faith in Christ, here's what that means. You can trust Jesus to order your steps. You can trust him with the timing of your life, and you can trust him with the destination of your destiny. All right, your story is going to be different than the story of the people around you. So that means you can stop, get your focus back on Christ and his word and get it off of the calendar. Get your focus off of the clock and get it back on Christ. And, and stop letting the culture convince you that you are behind. And I, you know, I'm not just talking, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not just talking about secular culture. Oftentimes leadership culture, ministry culture, church culture. There's this constant sense of you're behind, you're behind, you're behind. Hurry up, hurry up, do it faster, do it quicker. Uh, do it faster, do it quicker. You know what? Um, I'm going to challenge you to slow down. I'm going to challenge you to reevaluate the pace of your life. I'm going to challenge you to adopt a margin mindset that says, I actually trust Jesus enough to rest. Okay, because let me tell you something. I've been doing this for a while, uh, 19 years of ministry and leadership, and here's what I can tell you. It takes far more faith to rest than it does to work. Yeah. And the gospel gives you permission to stop comparing your progress with the progress of those around you, your family's progress, your peers' progress, uh, uh, the other students' progress. I, I, don't, I don't know what your context is, but guess what? You can stop. Stop comparing uh, your kids to someone else's kids. Stop comparing your marriage to someone else's marriage. All right. Trust Christ and the pace of grace, okay? You can trade the formula of compare and compete with trust and rest, knowing that the Father holds you in the palm of his hand. He's got you. He's got you, all right? And you can stop living for an identity, and you can start living from your identity in Christ, because this is true freedom. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the end of his letter to Galatians, to the Galatian church, the Apostle Paul stops kind of what he's doing, and he, and he starts to give the church some of the most practical advice in chapter 6. He it appears as though some in the church had started to look for their worth and their value in their own places. And it's not directly mentioned, but it's definitely implied, okay, that they, they started falling into this trap of comparing themselves against each other and sort of competing against each other for this sense of value. And I'm going to read one verse to you. And this is out of the Passion Translation. I love how the Passion Translation breaks this down. Listen to what it says. Paul writes, let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence, and their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others. <laughs> oh, don't you love that verse? Let's break this down together, all right? First, Paul says, let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence. All right, listen. When you start comparing, instead of being devoted, you become distracted. Okay, let me say that again. When you fall into this trap of comparison, instead of being devoted to what God gave you to do, you become distracted. And here's why that's dangerous, okay? Because the greatest enemy of joy is not depression. The greatest enemy of joy is distraction. Absolutely. Every time. And some of the greatest distractions you'll ever face are going to be born out of comparison. The Apostle Paul essentially was saying, listen, forget about what everyone else is doing. Get, get your focus off of their progress and what they're 
created to do and what they're purposed to do uh, is stop letting culture define success for you, all right, and stay devoted to fulfill the work God's called you to do. And guess what? And Paul says, here's where you're going to discover real sustainable joy, all right? Now, let me ask you a question. What is the work God's called or created you to do? What's that? All right. Um, is it raising your children? Okay. Be- be- because every time you get on social media, you've got somebody saying, well, you know, you, you, you raise your kids plus start a family blog, uh, plus start a vlog on YouTube. Plus, you know, so, so you can't just raise your children. You, you have to figure out a way to monetize it. But but what if the work that God has and, and, and you're miserable and you're not happy because it's not the work God's given you to do and and, and you you don't have any sustained joy or peace? What if the work God's called you to do is really just raising your children and the reason you feel that you've got to monetize being uh, a parent is because the culture told you that? So what's the work God has called you to do? Is it is it just pastoring your church? I mean do. Are you called to entrepreneurship or did you decide that as a pastor, you need to also pursue entrepreneurship because that's what ministry and church culture has begun to, to dictate to you? Or, or maybe because uh, that's what you've been told in the contest of comparison, the con of comparison. You begin to compare yourself against other pastors who have pursued entrepreneurship. So now you think you also need to be an entrepreneur. Now, listen, if that's the work God's given you to do, my goodness, then do it. Please, please do it. But if it's not the work God's given you to do, why are we doing it? Okay. Is it uh, leading a nonprofit or multiple nonprofits? Is it leading a for-profit or multiple for-profits? Um, is, it, is it being an encourager or an intercessor in the body of Christ? Listen, whatever it is, the Apostle Paul said, focus on the thing that God gave you to do because that will produce a sense of joy and fulfillment, knowing. And by the way, purpose is not your gift to God. Purpose is God's gift to you. Okay. It is it is God giving us the sense of accomplishment out of a sense of divine purpose, and it brings a sense of joy, and it brings a sense of fulfillment. But it does not have to be what someone else says it has to be. It just has to be what God put in your heart, what God deposited in your spirit. And listen, if, if you're going to place your identity in Christ, one of the exercises I always encourage people to do, uh, I've been working on something called the Leadership Institute for Core Development. We're getting ready to launch in the spring of 2023. We focus on uh, emotional health. We focus on relational health, spiritual health, and mindset. We believe this is the core of a leader. And one of the things when I'm talking to leaders about their emotional health, especially the conversation we begin to have, when we begin to have that conversation, here's what I'll tell them. You may need to reevaluate your definition of success. What is the definition of success you have adopted? Okay. Because there's lots of people who are quote unquote successful by our culture standards who have neither peace or joy. And if you unintentionally and maybe subconsciously adopt a model of quote unquote success, uh, that does not align with God's plan and purpose for your life. You can be achieving things that drain you of peace and joy. All right. And for the record, Jesus never once said, well done, thou good and successful. <laughs> Jesus' words were, and I quote, well done, thou good and faithful. Be faithful to what God's given you to do. This is where you'll find a sense of accomplishment, a sense of achievement, and a sense of fulfillment. 
because you're living from your identity in Christ, not for one. All right, so here's the next question I usually get. All right, so then how do I know if I've adopted maybe the wrong objective? What if I've adopt, uh, uh, adopted the wrong purpose? Um, it's a great question. It's an important question. Uh, here's my first answer, all right? There's no sustained joy. Um, oftentimes what we do is we lose our joy and we replace it with achievement. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, I feel good as long as I've checked something off my list. I feel good for the moment. But then that sense of that sense of good feeling, okay, that euphoric feeling of, of accomplishment begins to fade. And I have to find something else to do to have joy. If you always have to find something else to do to have joy, you've probably adopted the wrong purpose. You're probably living from accomplishment to accomplishment, okay, rather than from faith to faith. Let me put it another way. If you have to medicate pain between accomplishments, you've probably adopted the wrong purpose. All right. If you have to medicate the pain of not really feeling like you have value unless you're accomplishing something, then you've adopted the wrong purpose. How do we do that? I don't know. I mean, some people use alcohol to do it. Some people use drugs to do it. Uh, some people turn to pornography to numb the pain between accomplishing something. Some people um, get busy. They just find a way to get busy. And being busy and active uh, sort of numbs the pain of feeling like, well, they haven't achieved something, but at least I'm being busy. All right. And this happens all the time when people start. In fact, there's studies that prove this, that people will be scrolling and they'll look at Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever, and they're watching what their peers are doing. They'll start to feel anxious. They'll put their phones down and they'll go and find something to do. They have to get busy. They have to feel active in order to numb the pain of not feeling like they have value because they don't realize their value is not in what they have done. Their value is discovered in what Christ has accomplished on the cross. All right. Uh, sometimes numbing the pain between accomplishments means you, you're binge watching some show on Netflix for 13 hours. You're trying to escape and, and forget about this sense of pain, this emptiness of not feeling like you have worth or feeling like you have value. But your value was established 2,000 years ago on a cross. It is not established in your bank account. It is not established in your accolades. It's established in Christ. And here's the irony. You ready for this? The real joy comes from being devoted to fulfilling the work God has given you to do. But comparison can drain the joy out of that work. All right, now this work gets a little tricky because you might actually be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. The problem is that while you're doing it, you keep comparing your progress with somebody else's, right? And it's taking all of the joy and all of the peace out of what should bring you a great sense of peace and joy in your life. Uh, let's keep going. It, it, let's look at this verse, Galatians chapter 6, verse 4. And Paul said, and their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves, doing what's right and being themselves. I love the fact that Paul makes this clear distinction, right? Because we can't sustain heaven's joy by pursuing our will, disregarding God's will, and saying, well, this is just who I am, or this is just, <laughs> this is just me. No, 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 no. Our identity in Christ is both righteous and holy, and sustained joy is discovered and living out of that righteous and holy identity in Christ, period. I don't get to disregard the Word of God and the will of God and just be like, well, this is just who I am. No, no, that's not true. If you put your faith in Christ, then your identity should lie in Christ, okay? And if your identity is in Christ, guess what that means? Christ, You put your faith in Jesus, He lives in you. You're a new creation. So that's not who you are at all. Who you are is righteous and who you are is holy. So if you're living unrighteous or you're living a life that's very spiritually immature, then what that means is you've actually adopted a false identity. 
That's not who you are. Sustained joy is discovering in and living out of your righteous identity in Christ. Let me say that again. Sustained joy is discovered in living out of your righteous identity in Christ. The real version of you is connected to doing what's right. Okay. Of course, initial context, absolutely. First context is Paul talking about doing the things that God put in your heart to do, but the implied context is doing what is right, aka righteous. Anything else is a counterfeit version of you. And listen to me carefully, folks. The quickest way to lose yourself is to compare yourself. That's today's transformational truth. The quickest way to lose yourself is to compare yourself. But when you stop comparing, you can stop pretending. Yeah. Joy will come when you stop trying to convince people of who you are by pretending to be someone you're not. It was also Paul, the apostle, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 12, who said, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Okay, ironically, when you stop living to make an impression, that's when you start making an impact. Okay, because it's hard to be yourself when you're always living your life to prove yourself. It is the authentic, righteous you, identity in Christ, you. It is the authentic you that's going to make the impact. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit abiding in the authentic version of you that's going to make the lasting and eternal impact that God has designed you to make. The Apostle Paul said, when you stop comparing, you can stop pretending, and you can finally find peace in doing what God gave you, and you can get back to being the you that God created you to be rather than a version of you that you I don't know, you th we, we think we need to be in order to be loved and accepted. And then Paul wraps it up with this statement. Okay, he says, your joy will be in doing what's right and being yourself and not in being affirmed by others. We compare and compete because we don't know that in Christ we're complete. Okay, listen to me carefully. There's nothing wrong with human affirmation. As a matter of fact, let me tell you what I think about human affirmation. I think it's a tool that God will use to bring healing. It's a way we can speak life over each other. Um, it's a way that we can affirm each other's identity in Christ. There's nothing wrong with human affirmation. In fact, I think it's biblical. Here's the problem. The problem is when I've placed my identity in human affirmation. That's when I go from fulfilling purpose to becoming a prisoner. Okay, because I will only pursue my purpose in as much as I think I'm going to be affirmed by the voices of the people around me. Here's what the Bible says. Because of your faith in Jesus, you are already accepted in the beloved. Okay, and when we don't understand that we're already accepted in Christ, then we will look for joy in the affirmation of others and it will never, I repeat, never be enough. Oh, it will never be enough. You'll always look for more affirmation and bigger affirmation and bigger platforms for affirmation and, and bigger quote-unquote voices and people with bigger voices and people with bigger platforms for affirmation. And you'll only feel as fulfilled and happy as there are as many voices telling you how great you are. Okay. And when you live for their affirmation, you will become an imitation. Oh, goodness. And you'll lose all the joy and peace that comes from you being the authentic version of you God created you to be. Okay. You'll, be, you'll keep becoming a different version of you that attracts the most affirmation from man. Here's why. Because affirmation feels like proof of value. 
listen to me carefully, man and woman of God. Your proof of value is not in the words of man. It's in the cross of Christ. His cross is the evidence of what you're worth to God the Father. And because man didn't give you your worth, man cannot take your worth. And in the context of emotional health, if we could get our heads around this, if we get our head, and this is why in the Leadership Institute, we, we start with spiritual health. Because if I don't understand who I am in Christ, it's going to affect my emotional health because I'm going to get my eyes off of Christ and get my eyes off of everyone else. And I start running the rat race of life. And Jesus is over here on the other end saying, all who are weary, come to me and I'll give you rest. And here's the author of the book of Hebrews inviting us to enter his rest. He says, make every effort to do this thing. Enter his rest. Why? Why can you rest? Because you're accepted in the beloved. You're affirmed by your heavenly father. You have phenomenal worth and value that was established at the cross. And it is amazing to me when I talk about this subject, how many believers will push back and say, no, I, I'm worthless. I have no worth. I, I'm worthless. No, 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 no. If you had no worth, the Bible says, while you were an enemy with God, Christ died for you. God so loved the world that Christ died for you. You're not going to look a person in the eyes today or any day that does not have phenomenal worth and phenomenal value, even before they put their faith in Christ. How do I know? I just had to look back 2,000 years on a hill called Calvary where God the Father said, here's what I'm willing to pay for you. This is your worth. This is your value. The life of my only begotten son. You have incredible, unshakable value and worth in the eyes of your heavenly father. And I know maybe some people have said some unkind things and, and, and I have no doubt the enemy has tried to attack your value. I no question about it. That's one of his greatest objectives is to deceive you and convince you you have none. No, no, no. You have phenomenal value in Christ. Listen to me. Affirmation from people is great. It can be healing and life-giving, but when we place our identity there, it drains us emotionally. It wrecks us relationally. The only place we can, we can place our identity that produces lasting joy and fulfillment is in Christ alone. And once you've done that, you're finally free to achieve your purpose from acceptance rather than for acceptance. From a place of identity rather than for a place of identity. You're finally free to achieve your purpose or your calling from a place of joy rather than for a place of joy. Hallelujah. Wow. Let's recap today's transformational truth. The quickest way to lose yourself is to compare yourself. Listen, if transformational truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go over to Apple iTunes, rate this show, and write us a quick review. It helps us get the word out, and it helps more people to be exposed to the teachings of transformational truth. Listen, I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.